Hey, Eli. What? Did you know that I have a pen that can write underwater? No. It can write other words, too. That's a good one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 197, and I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this week, I have two co-hosts with me. First, I am joined by Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power and Editor-in-Chief of SuperParent.com and GameDaily.biz. Amanda, I have no idea why I stumbled over your last name there. That was so weird. I've That's said fine. it maybe a thousand times. Um, Ferrero... Rough. I've I, heard so I couldn't many even, versions of my last name. Here's my I, problem. Don't even worry about it. it. It went like it didn't even start. Like my whole, I don't know. I'm, it, it's I, like I, your mouth couldn't get around the word. I couldn't. I was just so <laughs> amazed by your presence and power. I had to pass a will save in order to utter your very name. Um, speaking of will saves, how about my Dungeons and Dragons party's cleric? or one half of him, at least, uh, Linda Robel, the managing editor of Board Games for Engage Family Gaming. Linda, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Did John fill you in on what happened last night? Nope, we haven't really had time. <laughs> so what happens, folks, is Linda and John are very busy people, and so they share a character in our in our Dungeons & Dragons campaign that we play with our children. Um, it And so sometimes one it's of... So it's, it's wolf play. It's Wolfpack Rules... <laughs> smart um or free birding um if you're a wrestling fan which very few people you know so <laughs> if, if you are you understand free birding um so sometimes one of them will show up and and will not have any idea what their character did or has been involved in it's kind of funny i'm just rolling with it um so it's cool that he didn't tell you that somehow our 10 year old created a, a murder box um it's really oh, funny geez. um did you know <laughs> that if you are in a cave and you and the barracks with a whole bunch of like spellcasters is in a small room that is vaguely fifteen to twenty feet wide. Twenty feet wide is an important thing. Okay. No. Evans is distracting me. He's trying to download an iPad game. Um so the room if a room is twenty feet wide, it doesn't matter how long it is. If all the bad guys are trapped on the end without an exit and have to run through a giant wave, a, a giant radius of silence, because if they're spellcasters, that means they can't, not only can't, can they not cast spells, but they can't, if they scream for help or make noise, no one can hear them because it's stopped by the silence and the stone walls. My kids accidentally did that. Um, <laughs> wow it was it was harsh um they're very very bad people and this is just it happens in Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and a 10 year old did this <laughs> which is very impressive um silence is is a heck of, is one heck of a spell um anyway that was that's Dungeons and Dragons minute <clears throat> so this week we're talking about board games specifically we're talking about the Boston Festival of Independent Games of which Linda and I were both there. We were both judges, and we actually presented the award for best family game in tabletop. Uh, if you want to see a video of it, you can go look at it. It is on all of our social medias. Actually, come to think of it, I didn't put it on Twitter yet, but I will now when we're done here. So, um, <laughs> nice. And so Amanda was not there. She was very busy. 
on vacation. I was at the Met. Yeah, she I was needed, at the Met with, with uh, the wife. Uh, yeah, a much needed vacation. Yeah. Much needed, much deserved. Um, and so um, we thought we would play a game. This is a game we've played before on the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I love this game. This is where Linda and I, or myself, whatever, we take turns selling the person who was either disinterested or just un- or uninvolved or a combination thereof of a specific event. We just sell you on the games that we played. Um, so Linda and I have some stuff to talk about. And I'm going to eat my gummy bears and I'm just going to get hyped. Exactly. This is literally <laughs> what's going to happen. Amanda is going to eat gummy bears. Um, hopefully she brought enough to share. Um, and oh, Thank you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> she shoved them into her webcam, but not into it enough to smear gummy bear stuff on, the, on, yeah. the, web, on the webcam itself. No gummy bear schmutz. These things no. are... These things are expensive. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I guess the first thing to do before we talk about the games is to talk about Beefig itself. Beefig is a um, – it is it used to be just a essentially a school club-run um, independent game festival, and it started incredibly small. It is its seventh one so far. Um, and it used to be at MIT in their academic er, – not in their academic, in their athletic facility. Yes, MIT has athletic facilities. They have very large football players. Um, we know that because the, uh, the where we played abutted the football locker room. So it was a very interesting mix of people when there are people lining up to play board games and Dance Dance Revolution and then, like, the football team comes in from practice. Um, so they moved locations. Now it's at Harvard in their athletic complex. Um, and it is... Uh, it's essentially two shows kind of jammed into one. There's a tabletop showcase and a video game showcase now the video game showcase is blessed with its location because boston is kind of a big deal in the video game industry in it that is. historically uh, i mean if you think about like harmonics which is responsible for pretty much all of the music genre <laughs> um arguably but yeah they are also um you know irrational games was there when they were doing their thing, etc. So there's lots of stuff going on in Boston. Um, let me tell you, Amanda, when Linda and I were presenting our award and they like went, so they alternate video <laughs> games and tabletop. Okay. And hey. so like, okay. This is so, amazing. So like the first person <laughs> that comes out is the head of the, the, the head of the game makers guild. No big deal. Hey. That's cool. Local game makers guild, admittedly the game makers guild in Boston. So, I mean, that's baller. And then we come out, we give out our prize. Who are we followed up with but one of the lead art directors on Bioshock Infinite? And I'm like, excuse me? Um, and, and it's like, oh, she's a, one of the lead art directors on Bioshock Infinite and a mother of four and a yoga instructor. And Linda and I are like, how did we get on this? Um, <laughs> we are vastly unqualified. What are we well, doing so here? We belong here. Wait, we, I'm not even done. Eventually, they got to one of the dudes who was responsible for Mist was there presenting an award. And meanwhile, I'm just some podunk podcaster. Now, I'm an awesome podunk podcaster, but I'm still not <laughs> one of the creators of Mist. I mean, that's, I mean, it's fair. I mean, yeah, like, I understand that you like to talk me up, and I appreciate your love and support. But there's nothing that any of us can do about I'm that. I'm so sorry. So, um... So it was really funny, and that's just kind of the way that the video game stuff worked. Um, 
board game. It's 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 really is a tale of two shows. Linda, did you go into the 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 uh, video game hall like for a minute? Not even not even once. Once I was once I found the tabletop room, I didn't leave except to go to lunch. That's fair. Uh, lunch was amazing. Um, lunch was fantastic. I went to the bacon truck. Um, because literally there was the bacon truck. Um, there was. I, I had, go to the bacon truck on this whole beef egg thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can come <laughs> next time. I mean, you you were on a pretty awesome vacation. I saw the steak that your wife ate. I would have eaten that. Um, uh, I had a Cuban with extra bacon, and one of the sides that you could get was just a bunch of bacon. Um, so anyway, um, I definitely have to go to the doctor when I was done. Um, okay. So, <laughs> Which is why I did not have that for lunch. <laughs> video games. We'll talk about the video games that we play, that I played um, next week on Around the Horn. Uh, because realistically, there really weren't a lot of video games that were super appropriate for us. There were a lot of dating simulators um, and some other fairly dark RPGs. Um, that, Including like the best of show was called The Grist Mill. Oh. That was on the nose. Um, so... Um, did it look cool? Yes. Are you probably going to want to play it, Amanda? Yeah, probably. Not really appropriate for us. Um, I especially like that it won Best in Show and Best Student Game. That was my favorite part. But um, So we'll talk about video games later, but this week we're going to talk about the Tabletop Game Showcase, partially because Linda and I were judges. In fact, Evan was a judge with us. Um, we judged two categories. Um, best Tabletop Game and... Um, or not Best Tabletop... Not best tabletop game, best, best family, family game, game um, tabletop, and most innovative. Oh. Most innovative. So just to run down the games that we had to play for best family game, um, and I guess that's where we should just start, right? We can just talk I about those so. games. Um, sure. So why don't you start with Camp Pine Top, because you actually played a full game of that. I observed uh, so that an actual like paying attendee could try the game. So Evan and I sat down with Ye Random um, Event Goer, mm-hmm. and we played most. It, the demo was not quite a full game, but it was pretty close. Like I got a good flavor for it. Um, this is a game from Talon Strike Studios, coming to Kickstarter this month. So um, we actually just got an email from them today too. So I got to follow up. So it is basically a scouting themed game. So think of Boy Scouts. Now I think they're just called Scouts. And it's that theme without being their exact, it's not their brand. Okay. So they have different ranks and they're all animals, but again, it doesn't line up exactly with true scouts and you have to achieve certain badges and you have to level them up. And basically you're meeting criteria to elevate your rank. Okay. And you're moving around on a board that you create with cards. And so every game is different on what the layout is. And you're just trying to gain these different skills as you move around. So it was super cute. Some of the special cards allowed you to mess with other people's location and, you know, upset their plans a little bit, but it was really light, really fun. And I put up a photo of the game um, last night and almost immediately had somebody asking for me to change the privacy settings because I put it on my personal Facebook to change the settings because they wanted to share it with their scout troop. So it was really, and the artwork on it is super cute. Um, just a really fun game. I think it took like two turns to understand the entire game. So, well, that's, but, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. To add some extra stuff, like the art on this one. So it's called Camp Pine Top. Artistic wise, 
you know, this really felt like it was going to be like in the Night at the Woods art, like in that uh, art style. Not exactly, mm-hmm. but it looked like it would have. It was really not that far off. Um, it was really cool. Uh, our scout really liked it, um, and is was already asking. You know, were we going to back it on Kickstarter? Were we going to try mm-hmm. and get our hands on this game? Um, so yeah, that's Camp Pontop. Ultimately, that's the one. I mean, let's you know, pushing aside, um, you know, any kind of you know tension or anything. That's the one that won. We gave this one the Family Game Award. Um, okay, it's like a worker placement game, and I I loved the theme, um, and the fact that Linda and Evan and you know random dude were able to play and pick it up quickly, um, was a really good sign. You know, there's not a lot of games that play with mixed ages. And I was really impressed with that. So that's Camp Pine Top. So they emailed you. Are they gonna? Are we gonna be doing a Kickstarter of the week for them? We are totally gonna be doing that. I've got to pull that all. Literally, I was sitting waiting for. I just came from the uh, open house for my uh, now middle schooler, which was frightening. Um, just the fact that I was at the middle school for my child. And while I was waiting to start, I pulled up the email just to check and just saw that it was there, but was being the responsible parent and not actually doing much on email while I was sitting at, you know, the open yeah, house. I get it. You want to set a good example, being that you're a teacher. You know. Um, I get it. Okay. <clears throat> Even though teachers are the worst at listening and following directions. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. Um, okay. Because you know everything. No, I'm just kidding. I really don't know. Um, okay. So that's Camp Pine Top. Um, the next nominee for family game was this game called Rushmore. Um, let's get rocked. So that was the full name Rushmore. Let's get rocked. Now the, the first selling feature and probably the only selling feature for this game is that it was co-designed by a seven year old. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's a dad and his son. The idea is you are, it's a, it's a card, um, like a set collection game where you are building the faces on Mount Rushmore. Okay. And so you're trying to build sets of four, which turn into the heads. So there's hair, eyes, nose, mouth. Okay. Um, now, the problem with this, and I think really the only problem, is that the art was all done by the dad, who is not an artist, and he was looking to hire one. So this is one of those games that next year we will see it and it will probably be a completely different game because hopefully it will have really fun art. Um, okay. And the art really will make or break this. Yeah. So Because the, with yeah. the hand, like, not artistic drawn, hand drawn art, it was not visually appealing at all. It was actually hard to focus and figure out what was an eye, what was a nose, oh. what was a chin. Because one of the noses looked like a butt. It really did. <laughs> his, his art was really bad. And... I can't say I would have done any better, but it was distracting because it was that bad. So we were trying to look beyond the art because okay. it was a placeholder. Sure. And the I did. premise of the game was somewhat entertaining. Okay. Um, somewhat entertaining. That's somewhat entertaining. Damning with faint praise. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. No, that's about like it. It definitely had some, you know, had some more work to be done on it. Yeah. I mean, well, it's a prototype. Here's It was an early stage. Here's the real positive piece. Um, It was a simple card set collection game where Mm -hmm. basically you're drawing three cards and you are, you have three cards, you you draw up to a hand of three cards and you take one card for yourself, 
put the other one in a collection in the middle. Um, okay. And then at the end, whoever is the last person gets to pick up that pile of four and create and start building faces in the middle for other people to mess around with. To, like, perhaps claim if they finish it. So there's, there's actually a pretty decent depth of strategy. My only criticism of that is that he referred to it as a kitty, and that's an old-timey, um, like, like an old-timey card game term that was okay. just kind of off-putting to me. But I felt the strategy, and I appreciated it, because you don't want to complete the face... You don't want to be the guy. It's like Connect Four, right? Like you don't want to be the person sure. that gets three, if you can avoid it, um, because then the next person's just going to slam dunk it and get the free points. Um, this is also one of those things where I think because he had a, a big, strong history theme, like his whole booth had like pictures of Mount Rushmore and tour guide stuff, and I think and I I suggested to him when I left is rather than historical Mount Rushmore, I think you should go for you know, like, just funny <laughs> and just lean into the absurdity um, and have the artist draw characters that are legally distinct from other recognizable things and then go with that. Because I think it would be much more funny to build Optimus Prime-ish and Mari-ish than, That's fair. than random faces. Um, okay. At the end of the day, it was nominated for one of the best family games, and there were other titles that could have stood up to it. Um, I think this has a lot of potential. This is one of those ones I can't wait to play it next year. Also, Understood. the guy was really nice, and that always helps. I like, I like nice humans. It's good that he's a good fellow. Good that he's a good fellow. Um, so, Linda, you want to talk about the third family game, since I can't talk about it without having a seizure of rage? <laughs> so the third one it's actually was the second time I played it so the third one was Octo Chef and I had played it okay. at the Connecticut Festival of Independent Games and it was nominated for Family Game at Boston Festival of Independent Games so the idea of this game is you are an octopus chef so each player essentially is one of the arms of the octopus putting together the dishes mm -hmm. okay it, okay hear me out so you can pass to the person next to you if you've got an ingredient that's needed okay so the chef is trying to build sandwiches so you need your ingredients you have to build them somewhat in order um mm -hmm. and you're trying to get all the ingredients of course the ingredients are scattered about so each okay. player has a deck of ingredient cards and, and one person has the meat and one person has the breads and one person has the condiments and another person has the vegetables Okay. And it's a cooperative game. Here's the thing. It's a cooperative game. So you're calling out, oh, I have bread. Who needs bread? And you can pass it if somebody needs it. Oh, so it... Steve, I can see why this game got under your skin, dude. It's I'm, I'm simultaneous play. All right. So, so shall we put a pin in that discussion and talk about the other simultaneous play no, game? No, and then, no, no we'll you got to play. We'll do it in a minute. Okay. 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 So... <laughs> the way this game is supposed to be played, you're supposed to sit on the floor in a circle back to back because okay. you are an octopus. Okay. That's kind of cool. That's literally Maybe. the that, that's it. So, um essentially this is a cooperative game that consists of a bunch of people just shouting at each other. It's basically It sounds if, like space team. It's like if Overcooked had a uh, like if it was like if overcooked were controlled by yelling instead of controller movements, it was 
my own personal nightmare. Um, this is a cooperative game that each round is supposed to last five minutes. I rage quit after one. Oh no! I rage quit a cooperative game. Um, it was uh like literally I just so it went well for you. Is it what it you're went saying. poorly. Uh, the judges took it, and or the the good news is. The they did not know I was a judge, so I don't think it like really rocked. So we because we didn't tell anyone that we were judging. Oh. That was super important. Judges judging was secret. Now, a group of four people coming up to them immediately upon the beginning of the show, insisting on playing their game as a group. Maybe they should have figured out that I don't know. But um, now we Maybe. will talk later, either today or on another episode about the importance of under how it's a good thing to know what is your game and what is not. I will say very specifically, Octochef, which I'm sure is objectively good for the right group and right family, is not a Steven Dudesman game. It actually got me so tilted that I, I had to take a break before I touched another game because I was so furious. Um, super cute, though, because, you know, you're an octopus and you're sitting back to back. It's very funny. But it made me angry. Okay. Well... I mean, okay. It was okay. interesting. <laughs> okay. So I know which games don't suit me either. So, like, yeah, we should definitely talk about this on a future episode. Yes. Because, um, and knowing that, like, we all had, everybody has that, like, voyage to, like, figure it out. We've all, like, had that moment. Um, and we'll definitely share that moment. Yeah. This was, like, my first one. Because, you know, everybody knows I'm kind of a, unstoppable hype machine and this was the first time that i really was like whoa whoa <laughs> so so those were the three nominees there's only three nominees per category so those were the three best family game nominees um i think part of the reason we gave it to pine top came down to polish also like that game was basically done um and it was very good and very okay. well designed everything else just needed some work um or was you know gave me a seizure um now, for the most innovative games... Now, this is a little interesting. Um, talk about Mechanica, Linda, because you, you liked that one a little better than me. I liked it, but you liked it a, a bit more than me. Yes. So, the premise of Mechanica is that you are building robots. So, think of, like, your Roomba. Okay. And you're basically trying... Yes. So visually, it's like a Roomba, and you're starting with a basic Roomba, and you're trying to upgrade your robots. And there's this cute little like twist to it that it's the oh they have a cute phrase um, on their card. They've got the revolution will be spotless, and it's so basically like the Roomba idea, but the tidy bots as they're called are preparing for a tidier world. And basically, the premise is they're going to get upgraded to the point it might be problematic. Uh -oh. um, so you're basically trying to upgrade these little robots. And the innovative part of the game is that the way you acquire pieces for your your board so you can upgrade your robots and do all special things with, with, with these little robot guys mm -hmm. is it's a disc that spins around and you put basically puzzle pieces in. They're all puzzle shapes, so you fit them together to build your, your factory. And so you're okay. going around, and there's a little hole in it, so if you don't buy these different upgrades, they fall into the void and are gone. That's so kind of really interesting. Little, it's super cute. Um, that sounds adorable. We, like that would, I think that would do well in this household. Yeah, yeah it would. 
Yes. And it's, you know, as you build your factory, you can connect different lines of it and upgrade the trucks. And there's a lot of pieces that you can work with to make things more interesting as you go. That's super cool. Yeah. This was super neat. And this one um, was on Kickstarter. It was um, funded. It's in production right now. Great. They're expecting a November delivery for Kickstarter fulfillment. Fantastic. And then they expect retail shortly thereafter. What... What's really, what I found really interesting about this is so, you know, you've got your, you, like the way you build your factory, like, so the, the pieces are spinning around on this wheel, um, which is just really neat production and looks cool, but like they're puzzle pieces that you literally have to fit onto your board and they have to fit okay. together in order to like upgrade your conveyor belts and, you know, like, and it's so it's a it's a very specifically an engine building game. Like you are building a factory, and it can get real weird. Um, I I loved it. I thought it was super cute. Um, it was really dark though, like quietly. You know, like it had like because yeah, the colors on it are like very light, but the theme if you kind of delve beneath the surface a little has some menacing undertones. Yeah, because you know they want a robot in every home. They want a tidy bot in every home so they can... Of course they, of course they know. do. So, um... Didn't you know, make a movie about that? And yeah, books I, and... Yeah. Yeah, there's been... I think there's been a few stories Just about a few. that. Um, there's even it, been video games. Yeah. The, well, I, I don't mean, play those, so... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's you fair. got me there. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about Zam now. Amanda. Yeah, Zam is... <laughs> something special. So... All right, I gotta buckle up. Right, so here's how up. Zam works. I'm buckled up now. Um, so on one end of the table is a beat machine, meaning okay. a keyboard with like some beat pads. That is hooked up to a large table with eight speakers underneath it. Okay. And above those eight speakers is some foam core board, you know. And then on top of that is a series of wooden and metal discs. Okay. And sparkly sand. The sparkly sand is just for visuals. Okay. Um, and so the way this game, and I use game in air quotes, um, works, is you, you're, you have to push the buttons because each of the buttons corresponds with the speakers and obviously you know if you're playing music quote unquote you're vibrating different speakers and the idea is to try and get the wooden there are six metal discs and a large number I didn't even bother counting of wooden discs the idea is to vibrate the wooden discs to get them to touch the metal disc once you touch the metal disc take the metal disc out and you're trying to you're more or less like timed-ish to get all six metal discs away. Okay. All right, I'm following. And that's it. <laughs> yep. Um, that is it. Um, it's also loud. I didn't add the okay. part that it's loud, but that's because loud you know, loud is fun. It's got eight speakers. They were booming speakers. I bet. Um, so it. My concern is. And you and I, we're not, you know how you, you're fond of saying, Steve, we should, we, we'll table that and have it as another discussion. Um, the question that came up is, 
whether or not it is a game. You know, like talking about what is a game. A man and I are laughing because Mike just totally just I don't even know what the heck that was. He just did He just did some kind of dance to get behind her. Um so uh the whole like what is a game thing, like that came up. And I don't necessarily know that I know what is a game, but I know when something is not necessarily a game, and I don't think that is. But you know what it would be awesome as? Linda had this idea. Linda, what did you, said you suggested it, to him what he should do. I said it needed to be installed in a children's museum. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it was the perfect like interactive exhibit for a children's museum in, yeah, in the current format. Like art, definitely. Yeah. It was a really neat idea, but there was we we came to the conclusion as a judging team that it wasn't a game. It was super cool. It was different. Yeah, it just doesn't. Seem there's like no there game. A, yeah, there doesn't seem like there's an objective to fulfill. You know, just clearing the discs. There wasn't like, you know, even if you considered it uh, cooperative, only one person could man the keyboard at a time. So, I mean, in the current format, there really wasn't um, a game. And it was he, more like a science exhibit. And he, we asked him, like, so are you going to, like, sell this? Like, what, what are you trying to do here? And he's like, well, I'm... And this is why it's interesting that we're at Harvard and MIT. Because he said, well, you know, I've, there have been some folks that have asked that before. And I've thought about ways to scale it down and make it more of a game experience. But I'm, I'm satisfied with it being kind of an art piece. You know, I can respect that. I can. I can. Definitely an art piece. Um, until you give it to a 13-year-old, and he just jammed out to the point where I had to make him stop because he made some noises that should not be made. Because, you well, know... He was in, well, dissonant chords are a thing, and loud dissonant chords are unpleasant. That, yes. Yes. Um, I learned a lot about that. Yes. The gentleman doing this, um, his business card, I mean, literally, he, he gave his name and he's listed as musician, engineer, technologist. So it's, you know, music is definitely his first focus. Yeah. It. I mean, it was cool. I just don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, it yeah. Yeah. All right. So... Let, let's take it home on this other, on the last nominee for innovation, which is Burned, which is a, a a simultaneous dice rolling game based on Chopped. Hey, Linda, do you want to take this one, or you want me to do it? I can take this one All if right. you'd like. You go um, ahead. This was another one that they presented at uh, CT Fig as well. So, okay. so with this one, they had around the center there was a two minute timer. Yep. Two minute sand timer. And all around were different, a pile of different cards that had dice pictures. Uh, okay. If you think of Roll For It, they kind of reminded me of that with like different dice combinations that you needed to match. Okay. Okay. So each player got, um, what, I think it was six dice. And so once the two-minute timer starts, you are furiously rolling your individual dice to match some of the cards. And when you match the cards, you take that card, and then you have your own... I think they were 30-second timers, 10-second timers, something like that. 20-second. 20 20-second okay. timers. So there were 20-second sand timers you would put on top of your card. That's the cooking portion of the card. So okay. you have to monitor the, these sand timers. And so if 
I notice somebody's sand timer has run out and they're ignoring it, I can knock over their sand timer and it represents the dish being burned and it's worth less points. Oh, okay. By so the it's way, trying to imitate the. I'm really bad at remembering to yes. to do that. Linda knocked over my crap like twice. Steve, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> Want to know another game that was not super in my wheelhouse? Burned, but but I totally see where it was going, and at least it wasn't cooperative, and it was not shouting. Because everybody was kind of like focusing on their own stuff. My only criticism of that, literally my only criticism is that the table that we were playing on is too small. And that was not a problem with the game. That was... Got it. That was a problem with... they. We were playing on like little teeny tiny desk. And I know you got to be close so you can like ninja chop your friend's, um, yeah. you know, timers. But like, you know, yeah. we didn't have to be that close. No. And the hardest thing about the game I found is that before the two-minute timer runs out, you're supposed to, like in Chopped, presentation is a thing. So you're supposed to stack all your cards, put the timers on top, put, like, all the components so it's nice and neat, and you get, like, six bonus points if you get everything neatly stacked before the two-minute timer runs out. That's I did not good. accomplish that. Oh. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. That was kind hard. of funny. It's one of those things where I, I mean, really... The concept just super Go ahead. No, I just, it was a cool concept. It definitely would benefit from some art and some um just a graphic and graphical design yeah which when they find a publisher is right, obviously I mean, yes, to take so care of. yeah for sure you know um i you know that seems really interesting i think i would enjoy that yeah i think so too like i i don't mind chaos like i don't mind simultaneous play like the the you know because my problem was the um like my problem with you know Octo Chef was like the shouting like the simultaneous just yelling all over the place whereas yeah, burned really yeah thing. yeah yelling is not, is not my yelling like everyone yelling not my thing while well, I'm trying to concentrate but like burned like everyone was kind of intent and it was chaotic but like we all had a job right okay. and so I think it's one of those things that um I did terrible at it because I played it all of once you know like our turn and it was two minutes because the rounds are two minutes like I played it like one time I have a feeling this is one of those things that you will build skill at it because you know you'll learn and so you know I'm terrible at games just in general but I do get better at them the more that I play like I'm not helpless I'm just bad um okay. so that's burned um yeah they, they just need to find a publisher so if you're a publisher listening Look up Burned. Help them out. Get them some art. I want to see some lettuce cards and some maybe not tomatoes because those are gross. But like everything else, let's just let's just go with it. Um, so we're gonna have to have a conversation about tomatoes. Um, yeah, we can have lots of conversations about them. I think they're evil. Um, also keep in mind that I don't have a sense of smell, so everything tastes weird to me. Oh, that's right. Um, that's true. And so. Let me tell you someday what a tomato tastes like when you can't smell it. I don't want to go there. Their texture is not great. Um, no. I, I, I love it when you grind the crap out of them and cook them into sauce for me, though. I will do that. Um, um, so, those were the nominees. The award for uh, Most Innovative, we gave it to Mechanica. 
Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Ultimate... Mechanica does sound pretty excellent. Yeah. Oh, man, Mechanica is good. I suspect that it would do very well in your house. Uh, one Mike Futter would absolutely dig. You probably would, the... actually. And the boys the boys would really like it, too. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, So, moving on to other games. I want to talk about Starport before we go too much farther. Um, I actually posted some pictures of this on our, on the Engage Family Gaming Instagram the other day. And so, Amanda, you're going to want to bring out your phone and go to the Engage Family Gaming Instagram. I think you can do that. I will do, do this. Um, yes. So, Starport is a tabletop role-playing game specifically designed for five- and six-year-olds. Um, and it is... It has this absolutely beautiful, like, anime-ish art style... And the idea is, um, it's all, you know, it's meant to be super fun and super casual, um, and they have cool, um, you know, so... That is heckin' pretty. Isn't it pretty? Um, Oh my goodness. And it's it's a cooperative storytelling game for five and six-year-olds, so basically the, you know, they but they have maps and they have encounters and they have monsters, um, but... Everything can be. De- everything is designed to be completely nonviolent. Love now, it. like there is, there are rules for combat. If you want to like throw gumdrops and stuff, like you know, it's meant to be like super silly. But um, everything can be quote unquote defeated by like being its friend or making sure that it, that you tell tell it funny jokes or things like that. This was designed sure. by a dad who loves role playing games who just wanted to present a cute, accessible, non-violent option um, for, um, especially for younger kids. Um, he's going to be sending us a PDF, and we'll be talking about it. That's um, great. But let's be real. Uh, the book is only $20 on Amazon right now. So, like, you know, I'm probably, because I, I hate reading tabletop role-playing game books on PDF, probably just going to buy the book. Um, because... Sure. Uh, also, he's a super nice guy. Um, I want to support that. Yeah, exactly. We're probably going to have him on the show, so you'll be able to talk to him at some point in the coming months. Oh. Um, because he was very excited about coming on podcast to help promote his thing. Like, this is definitely a passion project. Like, he's not expecting this to replace his full time job. He just wants to made. He wanted to make a tool for him and his friends' kids, and it turns out that he also accidentally made a marketable product. And I told him, sure, it may not be your intention, but uh, let's see if we can't get a few more people hype about it and buy your $20 book. (laughs) Um, And just go to our Instagram, take a look at it. Um, This thing is is adorable. It is heckin' adorable. I love it. And that's the whole theme throughout. Like, it's just everything is cute. Everything is cool. Ice cream monsters. And um, yeah, so that is Starport. That was tucked away in a tiny little corner of the show floor and Amanda you have lived that life where sometimes you just walk around a corner that you walked around by accident and found a game there and it ended up being one of the coolest things you saw this that was starport is my story there Linda you bumped into that guy too right I don't think I got ran into him I think I missed that one oh you know what you're right Rob was the one who bumped into him um and he was also uh, featured on the Family Gamers podcast this past week. So uh, those of you that listen to us and them, um, just listen, and they'll have talked to him. Um, I'll be interviewing him later on. Um, 
So, uh, what other games do you want to talk about, Linda? So, I really want to talk about Gemstones. Yeah. Okay. So, this, this one's is in a, in a game. super early prototype phase, but I'm they got a ton of positive feedback, so I'm really hoping that we'll see them next year uh, much further along in development. So, this is a roll and color game. So, they wanted oh. to meld the idea of the roll and write with the adult coloring books that have been so popular. So with that Zen I of many of those. Yes. So right now they just had one picture and you're rolling to determine how many facets of the gems you can color mm-hmm. and of what color. And you're trying to just create the most color and fill in the picture as much as possible. And there is a point scoring to it. But the idea is that it's, it's competitive, but it's chill competitive. Okay. So trying to, you know, get that Zen vibe. And right. we were, I was. Uh, that sounds like Sagrada. Like to yes. me, Sagrada is incredibly zen in that capacity. So, as I, I was talking with the designer on this, I was watching three people playing, and it was like super calm, super quiet. Like they definitely were interacting and having a good time, but it definitely was exuding that chill vibe that he was going mm-hmm. for. Um, this is another one where uh, he's so early on, he doesn't even have business cards for up his gaming. So I have his um, Yale School of Medicine business card. <laughs> so, and like Rose writing on the back. Uh, he was so sweet. So he's somebody I want to reach out to and just kind of keep tabs on because I want to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was, well, I mean, we talked to a lot of, you know, the, like the content creators that were there. There were lots of local, smaller content creators all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. And so everyone that I spoke to, um, had nothing but praise for Gemstone. So this is one of those things, like, eventually he's going to go to Kickstarter. It's going to blow up because it's basically a coloring book with dice. So, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's a coloring book with dice, which means it's also super marketable to a publisher because that means all they... Like, they want to make an expansion. It's literally printing a coloring book or publishing PDFs on their website. Like, I wish I was a publisher. I would publish it now um, because this just prints money almost literally. <laughs> also, it was really cool. Um, so um, so that's Gemstone. That sounds um, awesome. It was. It did not make it into – it would have won Most Innovative um, if it was there hands down um, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned because um, it is so cool. It did not – it was not finished in time for the showcase. That's why it wasn't eligible for judging. But next year, it's just going to clean up CT Fig, B Fig. You might even see it up at Play NYC, one of your things, or it's down. Just... Is that down? It's down at Play NYC. Um, uh, no, no, it's it's north. Okay, so out, so, out. It's out. At... Yeah. <laughs> I'll get my prepositions right one day. So don't worry about it. I'm uh, still trying to like find my way around New Jersey these days. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's fine. Um. The smell kind of masks, like, figuring out where to go. Um, <laughs> I say that, and it's funny because I don't have a sense of smell, so I don't really know. Anyway, um, I'll tell you uh, a funny yes, story about me making fun of New Jersey and a job interview one time. That'll that'll make you that, – that'll give you a good chuckle. So, um, uh, so I want to talk about Dungeon Drop very briefly. Now, we've talked about Dungeon Drop a lot on this podcast. Um, 
But we have some very special news, which, by the way, Linda, I know you're making a face. That is not breaking embargo. They actually officially announced it. Um, Just making sure we don't get our hands slapped. Um, No, I get it. I get it. Um, So uh, Dungeon Drop, not only was it a wildly successful Kickstarter that made many, many thousands of dollars, um, it found a publisher with uh, distribution rights in the United States, and that is Game Right. Well, isn't that interesting? Which is uh, really cool for both parties involved. It's really yeah. cool because I like know both of them. Um, it was uh, well the way it worked, Amanda is Nora, the 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 PR person, Nora from Game Right, just assumed that I knew. Oh, <laughs> so she just like threw it out there, and I was like, what? And then she was like, oh, I don't think we're talking about that yet. So, like, what's the word <laughs> for you can't talk about it yet? And I'm like, are you telling me that that is embargoed information? Um, and she's like, yeah, that. And I'm like, okay, I just won't tell anyone. Because, like, I'm not really a journalist, so it's fine. Um, so, Content um, creator. Yeah, right, I'm a content creator. So, But it was so cool being like finding that information out and so excited for all them. So uh, here's really the real cool. deal. Um they were, they were going to be selling a billion dungeon dungeon drops everywhere, but now you'll find it in Target. How wild is that? Good for them. Right? Um, Publishing. Love it. And they're going to be in freaking Target and Target and Barnes and & Noble. Um, That's and I great. Think, Both and are, are good distribution yeah, chains. Yeah, man. Right? As long as Barnes & Noble like, stays around. Please stay around, Barnes & Noble. I mean, they were the, they were the OG big box... Um, store that sold relatively niche tabletop games so it appears that they might survive right? another year it might, they yeah might it survive. looks like they're gonna it looks like they're gonna Maybe. so they keep diversifying listen yeah. you know what good i like it yeah um so what other any other board games that you wanted to mention man there were a couple that i didn't even know exi- <laughs> like there were some that were nominated for awards and won awards that uh i didn't know were there Oh. So there was literally the last one I played as they were trying to kick people out, won an award. So I timed oh. that well. Um, so that was it, it's another one that's in an earlier stage of prototype. Um, it's called Ruthless Old Men, and it is a mine themed game. So like prospector mining, that kind of uh, thing. So um, it was super cute. If you've heard of the game Mission to Planet Hex, the gentleman that designed that. Um, was also working on the team with this. Their publishing group is Move Rate 20 Games. Um, so James and Rob were the two gentlemen that were demoing that. And it was absolutely a blast. Basically, it's a tile-laying game. You're trying to build a path out from the mine to your exit. And there's every tile you pull out, it's a double-sided tile. Most of the tiles have an action on the back. Okay. And... I mean, they're really straightforward actions. There was a little cheat sheet, but it was very intuitive, easy to follow, easy directions. A couple are double-sided, and you're just trying to build your path out. And you can thwart each other and turn tiles and all kinds of nonsense. And it was just hilarious. And I was terrible at it, but just had so much fun. They had the dead canary card and everything <laughs> with the mine <laughs> reference. So it was... That's great. Yeah, it was really it was really fun. That's one I would be looking for um, 
in another year or two to see where that goes. And they won the best game in progress. Yep. So oh, and that great. was well deserved. So for an earlier and they said it was the debut of their game. It was the first time they had brought it out to an event to demo. Wow, so, really? Yep. Yeah. When you win best in progress game and it's your first time showing it, that I think that's, that's a vote good. of confidence. It, with that said, I mean it's coming from a company that that has some successes under their belt. So I it would it's not a surprise like out of nowhere thing. But yeah, I'm excited to see that game next year when it's a little bit more developed. The cool thing about B Fig is you, you do, you're not like you are limited. You're you're very loosely limited in how uh, many times you can be in the showcase. Um, so like they should be able to come in again, assuming they make real progress, and that's going to be pretty rad. Um, yeah. So that was. I mean, there were t- there were so many games that I didn't even know were there, um, just because I wasn't used to the layout. And so they kept winning awards, and I was like, what? So, like, what was that game where they said that it was based on Final Fantasy and Suikoden? And I was like, excuse me, how dare you? How dare? How do you have this game and not tell excuse me about me, how it? how dare. Um, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Deeply um, how dare. I looked at, I looked over at Rob from a Pawn's perspective, and I was like, did you play that? And he's like, no, I didn't know it was there. I have no idea what they're even talking about. This is a lie. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. I feel deeply offended that they, someone was going to make a Suikoden slash Final Fantasy board game, and not at least talk like to you about it. <laughs> not at least like throw something at me, right? Like, what's even going on with that? So there we go. That's that was Bfig. Um, it, it was it was a kind of a mixed bag this year. Um, I I think there's a lot of stuff to be excited about, like a, a handful mm-hmm. of games that are just really really have me stoked. Um, and then you know there were some. <laughs> Some things some we'll talk about, that we learned. Some other lessons. Some things we'll talk about yes. on our. I, you know. Oh, go ahead, Linda. I have one hype. I'm going to throw out one hype thing. It's going to take like two seconds. Go ahead. Um, Fire Tower is coming out with an expansion. Oh yes. Um, I didn't know. I knew that, but was it playable there? Um, I don't know. They were super busy, and I basically ran over and said, "Yay, you guys have more stuff. How are you doing?" And like ran away. So. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know if anything was playable. I just saw the sign and we got really excited. Have so. you ever played Fire Tower, Amanda? I've not played Fire Tower, but I'm familiar with it. Um. Yeah. The, the one thing that I will really do appreciate is their hustle, because now when they go to to booth, because number one, res- I always respect the hustle. Always. Um, so not only are they nonstop demoing their game. Because, like, you can barely give them a high five because they're full-on demoing nonstop. They sell out everywhere they go. Um, but now, for those people that just want a little bit of extra, um, you know, they uh, they have started hand-making stone, like, miniature stone fire pits so that you can take all the fire gems instead of putting them in, like, a popcorn bowl or whatever. You can put it in these handmade polished stone fire pits that look so cool um if you happen to be one of those folks that has a tiktok i made a tiktok video of it (laughs) so if you want to look at our tiktok account yes i have one of those because why not um i made a video of what one looks like and i may or may not have set the video to ring of fire by johnny cash because guess what of course you can do whatever you want in there listen at least my stuff is family appropriate not I mean, unlike many, of, not unlike much of the other content in there. Um, so if you want to see what a fire pit looks like, 
It's fine. Um, so yeah, that was BFIT. Cool. It sounds like you guys saw a litany of great games and one game that maybe pushed uh, pushed a few eight buttons. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm not necessarily yeah, definitely pushed eight buttons. Also, I'm not convinced it's bad. I want to make it very clear. No, fact, I'm sure it's just that kind of a game for like it's just like with me. I don't like social deception games like at all. That's my big edge. It doesn't me- mean they're bad games. It just means they're not for me. Correct. So, and I think I think we stumbled upon our topic for next board game episode. Yes. Um and Absolutely. so with that said, this has been episode 197. Of, Enga- of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I have to, like, start saying the title correctly. Um, eventually, I'll do it right. So I-, I hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as the three of us enjoyed recording. It was my first time with both Linda and Amanda in my ears at the same time, which was very cool for me because they're two people that I love very much. Um, and so um, I have a favor for my for our fans. I want to say not my fans. They're our fans. Um, here's the favor. We're getting very close to episode 200, and I would love for episode 200 to be a very, very big show. The best way to do that is for you to share this podcast with your friends. bunch of different ways to do that. Um, I'm sure you can think of a few. One option that I haven't suggested before is you can just encourage them to like us on Facebook because we do share all of our content on our Facebook page. So the place, best place to do that, go to engagefamilygaming.com slash Facebook or facebook.com slash Engage Family Gaming because we're fancy. Um, either of those will work. You can also join our community at engagefamilygaming.com slash community. We'd love to have you there. We talk about our content all over the place. Um, if you're really crazy, we have a Discord. It's engagefamilygaming.com slash Discord. You hop in there. Uh, the Engage Family Gaming superfan Miranda is our moderator there, and she does a wonderful job. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you folks have a wonderful week. We will be back next week to talk about video games where a man and I will probably talk about Apple Arcade um, at, a uh, yeah. little bit because it's kind yeah. of a big deal. It's coming out in two days. So we'll have plenty to talk about. I've written a lot about it. Yes, you have. You're a definitive expert. Um, and um, probably a little bit of Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to get time to do that but you know what i'm gonna try let's try um yeah we'll figure it out we'll figure it out so until next time folks you have a great week and uh don't forget to get your family game on see you soon bye 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 we did it we did thank you for listening to engage a family gaming podcast thank you for listening Thank you for listening. Tune in next.